Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. It's here, the midfield ranking show, it's a final ranking show before we get into the adjustments and all that thing. Uh, someone who's adjusting. Because he's adjusting to life without his favourite game in the world, Supercoach BBL. Uh, Stato, what's happening? <laughs> yes, it's uh, a few weeks between games. Uh, that's where we're at, mate. But no, I'm actually looking forward to this one. It's it's really interesting when we um, when we did the ranks here, um, and we know once the preseason gets underway, a few injuries, a bit of information that comes from the clubs, it, it varies a little bit. Um, but to me, it was probably the most interesting line, to be honest. Yeah, it, I always, it's funny. When I think we're going to be similar, we're different. And when, when I think we're going to be different, we're similar. So it's always hard to pick. Uh, this one's going to be interesting. Do you think it's just going to be a super mid-heavy the first two rounds of drafts? Is that just people are going to play a straight bat? Oh, look, it's it's... Very likely to be. I think the difference may come if we start getting some some information, like if we actually hear that Flanders is a eighty percent CBI CBA guy. Um, if Taylor Adams, they confirm, look, our weakness is his strength, and we're just backing him in one hundred percent. If we hear through the the couple of injuries that they've got. Um, that Western Bulldogs are just backing in McRae. Um, all of a sudden, forwards are going to be of interest in the first couple of rounds because all of a sudden you might have 300-plus uh, averages. Um, uh, Dacos goes early. There's no doubts about that. I think a few of the rucks go early. Um, but the likelihood is the high percentage, which is probably normally the case, is just be exaggerated this year in, in midfielders. Yeah, it's interesting. I was sort of looking at it like the top, you know, probably 25. I know we're doing 30 today. Usually we, I think we've done 40 in the past, but there's so many questions these days. I think we're just too much time. Once I sort of get past 20, I'm a bit... I'm starting to feel a bit ick about these guys. That I, <laughs> I really? want some of them as, as my M2s. It's um, well, I think there's a bit of variance there. I think I'm not, I'm maybe not as confident in some of these players. You know, there's what do you do with Clayton Oliver? And the preseason's so misleading, man. I still remember there was a year we were really into Tommy Powell, and then he had that slick move through the midfield, this little five second clip, and we're like, oh yeah, fucking yeah, Tommy that's Powell. right. Yeah, yeah. We're in, we're in. <laughs> And, um, and yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is players in my 20s and, and actually a, a couple in the 30s that actually have the potential of being 110 guys. Oh, I, I agree completely. Um, but it's kind of interesting as you see more and more teams are adopting this uh, slicker ball movement, I guess you'd say, moving yeah. away from the stoppage. Um, it seems like actually if you're looking at it from the big pitch there might be less of those guys and whilst we might like them now and they might be getting a pump up in the preseason like all the outside players tend to do um the reality might be different when the whips are cracking yeah absolutely um oh look can i say before we even even start it 
we, we do go through this phase where you listen to all the podcasts, and, and I do, I can consume the, the majority of them, to be honest, because um, you like to hear varying points of view, um, especially when we're doing our research for our draft kit. Um, so it, it's good to hear all the voices, but you get a lot that has recency bias. So the, there's so many that that um, have people like a, a Bont as the clear number one midfielder. But but as we know in history, it's very rare. And I think Tom Mitchell um, might have done it once, and I can't recall too many others in, in my time. Maybe a Dane Swan, maybe a Tom Rockcliffe. So very rare do people back up such a blinding fantasy year. And, and we call a bit of the, the Brownlow hangover but very rarely do we have a, a top one midfield scorer from one year roll over and become the top one scorer the following year so I'm always trying to look to see well I know it's going to change a bit but what are the reasons what are the opportunities what are the potential outcomes is it someone returning the former glory because they're, they're fitter or didn't have an injury or didn't have um, I've got other people that are tag targets um, or is it someone up and coming? So I, I'm always looking and generally thinking whoever's number one last year might be still top three, but they're likely not to be number one the following year. Yeah, what you what you mentioned about you know the other pods and that I think's really good. A lot of the time I think there's a bit of fluff flowing around, and you can easily disprove it with your line, or you know you can take a different line of thinking, which you know, is what goes into building your own ranks. But the thing Warney's doing with the, um, the, the Twitter draft, yeah. I think it's fantastic because there's some really strong points and things I was like, oh, I hadn't considered that. And it actually, you know, they make sense, right? They, and, and like I've adjusted my thinking because it's like, oh, well, I wasn't considering this point. And, you know, I, I like that. I think it's really good. And I think as we get um, more maybe better statistics, which it seems like it's really jumped in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, better analysis, like we can sort of make more educated guesses. So that's good, really good. Yeah, it's 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 interesting and and congratulations to you for the the sharing the information on CBAs originally. It's where it sort of all dawned from. Now everyone knows and there's websites de- dedicated to, to giving us that information, which is fantastic and, you know, started from you. But it, it's amazing. We have so much data available to the fantasy coach compared to what we did even five, six years ago. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the younger guys are taking it even further, which is awesome. Awesome. Anyway, people aren't here to talk and listen to us waffle, Stato. Too much love in the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need more anger, more vitriol. Yeah. So why don't you give us your top three fantasy mids for twenty twenty three? Yeah. Well, I will say that that any of the top nine I think can be number one, um, and there's probably a couple out that that could actually hit those heights. So it was hard to determine why, but um, the number one I've gone for a return to form. Um, I think it's just set up for for him. And it is a little bit dependent on what their midfield mix, because there's a midfield mix that really works for him. But number one, Rory Laird, uh, I think he'll get back to the top. Um, 
because of last year's performance, but I, I'm sort of not that convinced he's a, a top three for a long period of time. But I, it's hard to resist the the form and the reasons um, why he should be in the midfield all the time is Marcus Bontempelli. Um, and number three, I've just gone a person that's just given us so many years of good fantasy scoring. I don't see any reason why he goes uh, further down. He's always in that top top five uh, mark, and that's Zach Merritt. It's really hard to argue. They're all mainstays. I've got Laird at two. I've got Bonnet at three, and I've got Merritt at five. Love them all. Um, the only thing I'd say with Bulldogs is I can see them. They sort of made a massive leap from a lot of, from, you know, mid-table in stoppages to, you know, almost leading the pack last year. Uh, and, you know, we had career seasons from Bont and Libba. You know, is that something you can see changing? I, I think I've read the Bulldogs training reports. They're, they're practising a bit of chip, chip, chip. Yeah, look, uh, I, I think it's likely that we get some Bont regression. Um, and I just think that's natural to be honest you you can't um you find it very hard to repeat such a uh a career best um if it does go chip chip then there's extra points for for bont because of his um marking power but is it because he's in the center that the chip 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 doesn't actually give him bonus because it's more the outside guys yeah well he's he's one of those like i think it'd be work for him I would think and so. McRae rather yeah. than work for Libba. Yep, agreed. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. Um, next few. So number four and five, I'm really hot on both of them. I just don't know what the ceilings are. So number four is Andrew Brayshaw. Um, we he started the year with a with an injury and actually took him, I think it was six or seven rounds before he actually started to hit some form. So his second half of the year was quite outstanding um and because of his disposal which this is a really good fantasy football player he is acceptable um susceptible to a a tag but he's less likely to get the tag because of sarong um and with young going in there with uh, his ball use i think he becomes the third cab off the rank to get tagged so i think that frees him up he gets that mix of inside-outside, and he's probably a better outside player, although he's starting in the mid. Um, so uh, I think Andrew Brayshaw is in for a big year. I'm just unsure where the ceiling is, and that's why he's a bit below Zach. We've seen it. Um, and next is, um, be interesting to see if he's actually your number one or my number six is, but Tom Green at number five. Um, again, unsure what the, the ceiling is, um, but I will say the game style is a bit quicker, the um, the Richmond model, so maybe that caps his ceiling a little bit. Needs a little bit more of that sort of outside and, and additional marks into his game. He's quite capable of it, um, but just because of the way he's playing his role at, at the team, he's just not getting as much as others can and do. Yeah, well, I got Brayshaw at one. Yeah. He's a clear one for me, and you're a hundred percent right. He's he's a better outside ball winner than inside, uh, and I think that works for him at Fremantle. Not sure they're the most dynamic <laughs> ball movement teams. Yeah, 
And that, um, that's why Young goes into the midfield. And I, I know you're really strong on on Will Gould, um, and it's a bit like the Taylor Adams at Sydney. He he's really good at what they're uh, not great in, but what they do need, they need to make a choice: is it Brayshaw or is it is it Will Brody? Um, and Brayshaw just give them so much extra run. So they need that extra. They've got the grunt now with Sarong. I think he'll take another step up in the inside part. So I think his super coach game goes up. I think his fantasy may regress a little bit. So he's the right bull to do that work. Um, Brayshaw's the runner, and Hayden Young becomes the silky user. Well, Young was doing the heavy lifting. Like, when he was in there, it was all tackles, all contested. Yeah, I think so. he gets freed up becoming yep. the ball user. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I got green at four. Just, yeah, happy. Yeah. All right, uh, number six, seven, uh, and eight. I was just confused where they are. Um, and, again, these three could be in the top three. Uh, they could also drop out of the, the top ten because there's a potential regression, two of which had a worse second half of the year than their first half. Um, and uh, the other, I'm just <laughs> the stats do not support um, that he was a you know one ten plus guy uh, at number six, Timmy Taranto. Um, it's funny in the Richmond model under Hardwick, he was just ball everywhere. I think he was averaging 120 early in the season. Um, change of coach. Uh, he his role didn't drop away, but his impact in in fantasy certainly did. So his second half of the year, he really dropped away. Uh, Jordan Dawson at seven. Um, you know, some people were already saying that he's the one that's actually got some upside. His um, tail end of the year sort of dropped away as soon as Matt Crouch come into that midfield mix. So. It's just interesting of what that midfield are going to do. The second half of the year, they really started to contend with that sort of older mix in there. So it'll be interesting to see whether they go the kids um, or they just go with the kids outside of the the three more mature players. Um, that's the interesting piece. But the second half of the year, the trend when they were going well was Jordan Dawson's share of the footy dropped away because of Matt Crouch. Um, and number eight, um, 30% CBAs for his average and his ceiling just doesn't make any sense, Steve. Um, with Adams coming into the Swans, James Jordan, who will be inside and outside, I just don't know where the increased time of CBAs so it just feels to me, even though he got so much of the footy, Errol Goulden might have a slight regression. Um, but what if his CBAs go up to 60%? Does that just mean his scores explode? Who? It's really an interesting one to think about. Yeah, it's good. They're good points. It's um, I've got Goulden at 10. Um, so I'm just, I'm just not going to have him in drafts. Like, that's fine. I accept that. If he scores 120, so be it. But the team only got deeper. And also I want to bring up the other point. They've got Brody Grundy in. Well, what is Brody Grundy's pretty handy around the ground. Like he's an option on the wing, so I just I just think there's a little bit less um 
volume for Goulden. I'm not predicting a massive drop-off. It's the same as Dawson. I got him at seven. I just don't see him being the leading scorer in the game. Um, good player. Really, really good. Probably Su- like Super coach yeah. higher, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he's probably like Brayshaw and Merritt in that he's not uh, super great as a contested player, but he's standing next to Rory Laird. He's just going to farm it all day. So, I, look, I like the players. Um you know, they're fit, they're healthy, there's not much risk with that, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with them. And Taran I had at nine, who I had as like the number one player heading into the season, but that kicking stat just scares the piss out of me. I've got to be honest. And I was looking at Richmond because, you know, we're doing the kits, so we're getting a bit in depth, and it's like everyone was sort of going, oh, you know, um, this hasn't changed and this hasn't changed for Richmond, so I'm not score- sure why the scores are, are getting... They were just getting smoked in the second half. Yeah, like, they were giving absolutely. up some massive scores. So, yeah. they're, like, one thing you can measure is rebound 50 rate. Like, how often are the other team getting it in there and the other team, and, and you know, they're getting it out. And and they went from, like, mid-table to just dead, I think, second last. Yeah, yeah. So, they were absolutely. just getting pumped, man. The, the, they went to taking the, the finger off the, the pulse of right now and thinking of the future. The, that was That was the change. Yeah. And yeah. and sometimes it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I, I th- and I, I'm just yeah, I don't know. New coach, I don't know what's going to happen there. So I've just I've really shuffled him down. The ball use, I think, is terrifying. So yeah, and um, he has got so, forward chops. Yeah, he has. He has. Uh, so move to nine and ten. Um, nine, I've put in the man of steel. Um, I think he's got some some real upside, and I think nine's really conservative. I'm pretty keen on him. He slowest start to the preseason, but it's because he had to have uh, end of season surgery, so he played injured last year. So you almost need to put a line through last season. Stop worrying about the um, the the Ross line model, whatever the case may be. This is a one ten guy. I'm not expecting the 120 ceiling, which we've seen him before, but he's a 110 guy, and I expect to see that again. Uh, I think there will be a little bit of a change in the in the midfield mix, but I, I think it's more of the uh, Seb Ross types that, that lose their time rather than uh, a Jack Steele. Um, so it's conservative nine, but I am mindful a bit of a slower start to the preseason because of the off-season surgery. Um, and rounding out the top 10, um, I really didn't know where to put him um, because such a brilliant year last year uh, had his major premium breakout, twenty just over 20 points uh, on top of his previous best. Caleb Sarong, um, he's the, the grunt in that Fremantle midfield um, and great indicator, round one, uh, against St Kilda, he was tagged by his former coach, uh, identifying he is actually their best player, and everyone saw it last year finally, um, and he's the one that they'll need to stop if uh, Freeman are a threat. Yes, Vera, I've got I've got Steele at eighteen, and I know a lot of people are really hot on him. I'm just a bit more concerned. I sort of look at when he had that massive year. I'm not saying he can't do 110. He very well could. But I look at when he had that big 120 year and the midfield around him was, you know, it's like Zach Jones and Seb Ross and just 
kind of guys like that, whereas now you've got Sinclair through the midfield. You've got Wanganine, Miller, you know, like you've got such a dynamic outside players and they're so uncontested. They're, I, I just see them giving it to the other guys in space who can run, who can use the ball probably a little bit better. So that's why I'm a little bit cagey on steel. Uh, who are the other guys? You had Sarong, I got at 14. Yeah, just a little bit of a bump down. Still like him. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's fine. We, what was the, the other one? The, the steel piece at, at nine, you're sort of predicting a 106 to 111 average, which is still, you know, anywhere between nine and 14 points down from his max. Um, so I, I think. I think it's quite achievable that he's sort of the bottom end of that top 10, but he also yeah. has the potential of being in the top three. Yeah, or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm probably less on that, but I think he's in that mix of the 105 to 110, and I think that's – if someone wants him as their M1, good for them. You don't, you don't always have to be right, Steve. I don't. No. Well, like on Jack Steele, <laughs> I'm very happy to be wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm always wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, moving outside uh, the top ten, I might do the the next um, five, mate. Um, yeah, number eleven. Look, just a horrific off season. Um, fully fit and switched on, he could be vying for number one and probably in the top three. It's Clayton Oliver. Um, I, I expect him back, but I just don't know how good he's going to be. Um, yeah, it's just such an interesting one. I just don't know how to read the play, but it's foolish to drop him off yet. But he's one, the longer this goes, the more he drops in the in the rankings. Um, number 12, I've got Darcy Parrish. I don't, I don't know if we've seen the consistent ceiling with Darcy, and a lot of people are actually hot on him that he's just going to be there 80% of the time. But outside Zach Merritt, who can score whether he's generally inside or he's outside. Um, I just don't know about that Essendon mix. They've got 300 um, out of their bloody 42 lists that can actually run on ball. Um, so I don't know where it is, but he still needs to be respected. Um, at number 13, a man I probably wanted to take further up the list, but it was hard to knock any of those, and that's Connor Rosie. Uh, I think the the captaincy and the, the true actual breakout last year showed he's a superstar. Um, 14, I've got someone that can sneak in the top 10 in Petrarca. Um, if he's full-time mid because Oliver's out there, you know, what's his ceiling? I, I assume it's very high. Mindful of the this is where the tag goes in the midfield. Uh, 15... Um, to round it out, I've got Josh Dunkley, um, who could actually be anywhere out of this list, but a really slow start to his Brisbane career. So I'm a little bit wary of popping him up um, too much because there's a fair bet he shares with Neil. Yeah, we're, well, we're way different here. <laughs> we're different here. I've got Oliver at 15, and like you, it's just a placeholder. If he comes it back is. He fills week, a spot at the moment. He goes up, and if he if he, I was just looking at him like if the season started today, um, I reckon he'd be back soon. And I, I was like, who would I feel comfortable drafting him over? So that's yeah. kind of where it is. Uh, who else did you go with? I had Parish at thirteen. Just feels kind of safe. I'm with you. I think with their defensive stocks, maybe they can be a little bit more risky. 
Essendon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Petrarca, I had at 12. If it was super coach, yes, I'd say he could be the number one mid in uh, AFL fantasy. I don't think he does enough um, marks, tackles, that sort of Yeah, game. I know he kicks the goal. But fucking great player. but And you love to have him in your team. He's good to watch. Um, yep. Rosie, 17. Don't know that they... They're just too fast with the ball. It's sort of like the old Richmond thing. Yeah. Um, and what was the last one you had? Dunkley. I had a 23. And he could have been top 10. Had, yeah, they don't tackle Brisbane. They don't tackle at all. It's They win the clearance. They're, they're the best clearance team in the league by a mile. The differential's off the charts. Um, so they win the clearance and just take kick it to each other. They're great with the skills. That's not Dunkley's go. And at the end of the year, he was almost playing defensive roles. Yeah. Which is the real worry for me. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but scoring power is there. So if Neil goes oh. down, Dunkley just explodes. I reckon. Oh, he'd, he'd be top five. Yep. Um, we're not too different, to be honest. So all of these, are, they're, they're in a range and tier mark at the moment. There's sort of, there's reasons why each of them can be up a little bit or be down a little bit. And um, But what we do know with everyone that we've mentioned, which... Add on the differences you've got, which is probably about 17, 18, are all bloody worthwhile being drafted. Yeah, 100%. I think we're really just out on uh, Steele and Dunkley at the minute that are yeah. miles apart. Which both those two could actually be one and two. Yeah, come now, come now. No, that's, <laughs> they're actually capable of being number one and number two scorer in AFL fantasy. Yeah, I guess they are. They probably. Uh, I don't. They are. Yeah, maybe. 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 They actually are. Um, well, there's one more because I got him higher, and you've obviously got him lower. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon I know he might be next on my list, um, but it's depending because there, there's probably also another Melbourne guy that you might have higher. Um, so number sixteen, I've got Sam Walsh. Um, I'm hot. I've talked about this, but there's a lot more hype. Like people are talking top five. Um, I, I want to see it to believe it, but when he was at his best previously, and I've researched this for the kit, um, Carlton were 15th and 16th of um, the most possessions in the competition. They now sit fourth. And it really spiked up a little bit that second half when they started hitting form. They made a few tweaks and become a much better side for it. So if Sam Walsh is his best, um, is fully fit and playing in a team that's number four in disposals, the, the, the sky's the limit, right? The difference of when Sam Walsh was really good, he was him and Cripps were the two lone hands, and Doherty was in defence. So there was the three major ball getters. Now there's quite a lot, and and that becomes a bit of that challenge. There's a fair bit of cake to share. Um, so there's a little bit of question mark where he's sealing. He's, um, he's sort of one I, I could be between 6 and 20 is the range. Uh, 17, Took Miller. Um Bit of talk about him being half forward, the Richmond model. I, 
I just don't know. So he was hard to land, but we know his ceiling's there. Another one you could easily claim if he had the, the right role, the right game style, that could be top three. Uh, Lockie Neal at 18. I never know where to land Lockie Neal, to be honest. Um, Brownlow medal last year with less stats and yeah. less performance. It's just, yeah, it's, it's odd, but it's game impact, right? Um, it's that sort of different way of looking at the game. Um, Sam Doherty at 19 and Brad Crouch, who again is another one I just didn't know where to fit in. And I've just realised, which means there's going to have to be a mix. I had a player twice. Nice. Nice. (laughs) It's good we do this. I can can fix the kit. Two Jet Andersons. He's back. He's back. He's back. Awesome. Oh, man, where did we start there? So you had uh, Brad Crouch at 19. He's fine. Butters? Where'd you have Butters? Uh, he's coming. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. No love for your boy. I took Miller at 11. Oh, he's fine. If anyone's going to lose with transition, it's not him. Yeah. Run all day. My God. I had Sam Walsh at 8. I'm kind of with you. Like Carlton really made a big change. There was they were going faster. That's not good, I don't think, for the inside mids. But he is that just dynamic runner. So I don't know. Yeah, like you said, he could be anywhere. I'll put him at eight, which I don't think gets him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm okay if he falls to there, and I'll I'll take my take my piece. But yeah, what was the other one? Thirty-two. I had Doherty at thirty-two. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. You're I'm out. out. You, look, he'll get defender status, but he was. Um, I'm just out, man. I'm out. I reckon he's. I don't. I reckon the the slides in. I'll put it that way. Well, we okay. Um, on, Neil Neil at twenty four. Yeah, God, he's a hard one to rank. He really is. I just where does he fit in? He's he's all contested. It's not happening for him on the outside. Like that's not his go. Yeah, yeah. And and look, it's it's um, one I debated about as well is um, Hugh McCluggage, who had such a shocking start to the year, but finished it so well too. So didn't end up making the thirty, but I think he needs to be considered. Um, okay, twenty one. Uh, I've got Noah Anderson. Uh, I think his ceiling is. Much higher, but who are the right ones for, for Gold Coast? It, it's the question. So, if you've got Flanders going ham, you've got Tuke Miller going really well, Matt Rowell, there's a fair bit of talk about upside in his game. Um, so, where does he actually fit in? So, I, I think he's, you know, the 100 to 105 mark. I think that's where he's at. So it puts him around the, the low 20s. Um, Zach Butters uh, fits him for me at 22. Um, the, the ceiling, yeah, high potential. Uh, there's no doubts about that. And in the, the brand that you like the most, salary cap, I'm debating between Rosie and, and Butters in starting squad. So I want one of the two port boys um, I think there's a fair bit of upside for both of them. 
just don't know which is better value. Uh, Cogs, I've got at 23. Um, that's well below what his max limit is, but I, I think he's there's a, a new kingpin in that midfield and he's the man. Uh, Jack Viney at 24. Uh, he's the Melbourne guy. I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He yeah. could, man. If Oliver misses, he just went absolutely nuts, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, so from from Jag to Uber Premium um, overnight, um, his season was just incredible, and his second half was just brilliant. I, I think it was top five in the comp second half of the year. Very, very good. Very good. Uh, Tom Libertori, um, I don't know where Liber sits for me is another one that I'm just sort of sitting there, um, rounds out the, the five at 25, Tom Libertori. Yeah, fair enough. I've got, yeah, Butters at 16. I just put Butters and Rosie next to each other. I'm yeah. Like, I just don't want That's fine. That's fine. He was, I, I feel like he was better in the midfield and I think Rosie maybe, I mean, he's good everywhere, right? But yeah. Maybe yeah. Rosie sits forward. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cogs, I had at 20, who's pretty much what he did last year, is fine. They're a very good team. And he's good inside, outside. Yeah, good absolutely. Player. I'd Viney at 22. Um, Nara Anderson at 26. I don't think he wins with no. Hardwick. He's just... He doesn't... He's probably like Petrarca, but not quite as good, good in terms <laughs> of... Um, like, he needs the ball to score, but if he gets too much of the ball, they're going to tag the shit out of him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I like the player, but he's he's your M3. I don't, don't know about M2. Maybe in Supercoach, he's your M2, but not sure about this form. I'd Liver at 28. He's got, like I said, I tell the story that he's dropping away yeah. uh, a little bit. And that can be five points. It's not like he's falling 10 points, but that can be 10 spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last five, there's a lot of players here that could be considered, um, Tim Kelly, although the recent hamstring thing should have been pushed down a little bit, um, LDU, um, and I think a lot of people have him much higher. Me? Yeah. Six. Wow. Um, I think his potential's there. I've got this funny feeling that um, that he's going to upset us again. It's um, Maybe this is a person that got burnt by him three times last year, <laughs> ranking him. Um, he, he was in my um, classic team... Uh, until last week, and I was just finding the way to get him out. I just, I didn't want to live through that pain again. Um, I remember Sam Pang um, called himself his football career. He was nicknamed um, the Orchid, where he he needs um, he needs perfect conditions to thrive. <laughs> it's 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 like that's what it's like LDU. Um, everything needs to be in play. Can't have a little niggle. Um, can't have you know pressure 
on him. It just needs to go one way. So he's he's either all in or he's disappointing his his owners. Um, so I look three times. It's it's hard to get over. And one of them was a laid out from an injury the week prior, like the the Sunday after the game. I remember that because it was like two minutes before the game. And I was yeah. like, oh, better change that. Yes. I was just lucky I was on my phone at the time. <laughs> I, I was in the top 400 um, in the competition and then I got a donut. That's a big draft league there, Stato. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was said it was in classic. Yeah, you moron. Um, yeah, you blokes don't have any ticker, you classic players. Oh. <laughs> One thing goes against you. Oh. It's all right. Um, we, we, us, us superstars of classic, mate. We we can beat eleven other people in a draft comp easy. We, we mate, like even, even, big numbers. Even the fan was tweeting yesterday that salary cappers suck. <laughs> Good on him. Good on. Him. God bless him. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's it's probably whether well, you go six and twenty-seven. That is. Um, it's you don't have to draft. The great thing is, like, when you're in draft, like, if you rank someone highly like that and the ADP is, let's say, it's 40. Yeah. It's very easy to get them in the 20s. Yeah. So. I, I, I know the preseason game will come and get 35, take six marks and lay seven tackles that he shoots up the board for me. Um, so I know going, what he's... You, you're drafting just, him is at his potential. I'm drafting him at his history. Well, I'm ranking him at his yes. potential. And I'm he ranking the, him yeah. the last 12 months. That's fine. That's fine, man. I, I completely understand it. I will leave every draft with him. You'll have no shares, and that's fine. Yeah. That's and what then, it's all about, man. And then I'll go to Twitter every time he pulls out two minutes before a game. <laughs> hey, look, pulling out two minutes early yeah, is never it's, a bad thing. <laughs> it's, it's good management. It's good management. Uh, <laughs> um, 28, Josh Kelly. So this is someone we've talked about being in the top 10 before. Uh, again, Green's the main man. Uh, he really is. He's he's the one in there. Josh Kelly will be serviceable and a good M2, M3. Um, so at, at 28, um, he's a good player. Uh, Patrick Cripps at 29. Um, and one returning to form just because they desperately need it. He probably dropped off the little fantasy radar for a, for a couple of years, but fully fit. Um, I think Cam Guthrie can fit back in the top 30. Yeah, Guthrie's an interesting one. I'm not convinced on that Geelong team at all. Too many no. too many cooks. 30. 30. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I've got Kelly at 21. Again, just... They move the ball so fast. They are the best team, though. They're so good. Yeah. Um, and he's a star. Who else do we have different? Patrick um, Cripps. Don't have him in the 30. Don't even have him in the 40 at this point. Woof. Um, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim Kelly, where's 30, Mills? Tim Kelly, 30. So I don't have Mills at this point. I want to see what the hell's going on. Yeah. So, Chera, Newcomb... Warner, Rao, Matt Crouch, and Mills. They're sort of the ones. And Wines. I think Wines needs to be considered. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I had Wines at 43 at this point. I got him 41. 
I don't think he can get they're, they're such a different team to when he was doing his mid nineties every year. I got Warner at twenty nine. I like me some Warner. I got Newcomb at twenty seven and I don't like it. But it's kind of where I've landed. Thirty four and I yeah. There's Mate, a lot of people it, saying he takes some massive stuff. I don't know if I think he's a better bull than he is a fantasy scorer. If someone in that team was gonna take the leap before he got injured, it was Will Day for me. Yeah. Um, so I got Eamon at 30. I just see him patrolling halfback, gets the DPP. Yeah. It's probably similar to um, he, Doppie, so I've got him kind of similar. He's the big similar. value this year, isn't he? Eamon's the one. Oh, I, I, I don't think he's the massive value. Okay. I, I think he's value. Like he, he still averaged 86. I, I don't know that he's going to... I think he's going to probably fall somewhere between the St Kilda guys, which were 102 and 91. Yeah. So if you're looking at him for other ball or salary cap, whatever, I, I don't know that he's going to be fringy top eight, top six, whatever the fuck it is you yeah, yeah. try to find in that <laughs> top six. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking I, what the hell? Are they, I don't know. How why were you on a field? salary cap pod the other week? Is this why well, you're playing on Twitter at the same time? I just. You know, I was we're on the video, and I'm trying to take in the conversation and not get distracted by all your butt ugly faces on my screen. So I'm just looking out the window, just trying to take it all in. You know, that's that's all I'm trying to concentrate, just to have you know peace and calm in my mind. While you're clicking the mouse, well, that was me looking at stats. Right. <laughs> I didn't. Like, how many players were we supposed to get? And I was like, fuck, I don't know who I... I, just, I still didn't know who I wanted to do on the show when we were doing it. <laughs> I, like, I had like eight dudes because there was no um, communication about who anyone was picking. Oh. So I was just like... I had like a whole bunch of guys ready to go. The DOS likes the randomness so that the actual poor reaction. All right. So so can I ask you a question? What number is Wardlaw? He's your boy. Oh, he's, he's not even in the top 50. Yeah, he's sixty six for me. Yeah, I, he's it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've got him at an eighty. I think I think I'll put him in the eighty five average range, which is a twenty point jump, which yeah. puts him in the fifties. Yeah, maybe a little bit higher in super coach, but it's just fun to back in a player. Okay, where is a bloke that you've ruined his career before, Jai Simkin? Uh, 41. Okay. It's actually higher than what I've got him. I don't like the... I'm not a massive fan of Simpkin. I think he's a very limited player. But, um, you know, that's fair. Like, he's right next to Bailey Scott, Ollie Wines, Callahan. That's kind of... You know, I'm not sitting... Uh, so that puts him at an 89-ish average, which is probably too high. Yeah. But I think it starts... It's. I'm not convinced on a lot of these guys. Like I mentioned, I think there's a lot of scoring. Fuck. Zelda! You're off the table. <laughs> Stupid cat was on the bench. Fucking bastard of a thing. And um, I'm not convinced on a lot of these guys. And like I said, I think scoring probably falls back a bit. You've got Sydney's midfield is super condensed. You got half of West Coast are injured. Will Day's injured. Bevo's got Aaron Norton in the midfield. Like it's oh, just pandemonium. God. Zach Fish is injured. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. So. Anyway, we've got a million questions. We're almost an hour in. 
Christ. Good show for the people. It's just tight. Yeah. Just tight status. Joints. No ramblings um, at all. Where are we? I've got to bring them up. No waffling. Yeah, no waffling on this show. It's um, it's just all quality. Wait. I can't even find the question. <laughs> <laughs> Stato's retweet. There it is. SV7. Do you like any of these emerging mids? Wardlaw, Sheldrick, Matt Johnson. Well, Wardlaw is the one that gets the mid time out of the three. So, Wardlaw. The only reason I'm cagey on Wardlaw is I'm really painting a picture in my rankings that North Melbourne are the chip-chip ball-possessing team because of their dog-shit back line. And I'm not sure that running around getting uncontested marks is his game. Who gets all that ball in defence? Well, it's going to be... I mean, is Sheasel playing there? Probably. Like, I'm pretty hot on Luke McDonald, as hot as you can actually be on just a complete jag, but <laughs> Bailey Scott racked it up. I think LDU is a massive beneficiary. Okay. That's why I got him at six. He's just going gonna to play inside mid and just me rack him back in. Get him up there, Stato. <laughs> um, Sheldrick, Matt Johnson. No, just not enough opportunity. Um, can... Sheldrick's the one that can really find the footy out of those two, but they're bringing two extra people into their midfield. Yeah. Can George Hewitt and Brandon Ellis bounce back to relevance? Um, George Hewitt will play a role without being a fantasy superstar. He was relevant when he was getting an inside role when he was a defender coming off a 60 average. So he's, he's depth. Um, and who was the other? Brandon Ellis. Yeah. Does Dimmer put him out of pasture for a few months after taking his leaving a premiership team? He was kind of he was kind of what like the problem with Brandon Ellis. He was kind of washed, and even if he does play, is it on a wing at Gold Coast? Because a wing in a fast transition game has been pretty terrible over the years. It's an interesting squad to, to look at. Who's, who does Dimmer think's in the best 22 is a really big question mark. And I saw you posting some, um, uh, was it, um, which... Bit of, bit of fluff about Buderick. Yeah, Buderick. That's it. On a, on a halfback uh, claiming to be taking the Jordan short roll, which everyone else gave to, to Powell, um, or to um, uh, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Not hot on Ellis, though. No. I, I wouldn't. Uh, he's, um, I've kept him in a dynasty, but it's keeping 30 players. And he's mid-only. If he keeps mid-only in his fringe wing, mm, not pretty. And it's a 20-team league, that one. Uh, also, what happened to next big thing, Sam Berry? As too much quality, right? And there's too much sort of similar. Um, he gets a job if um, Crouch and Laird are injured now. Yeah. Uh, four. Is it Matt Crouch season? Um, I don't know. I got him at 40. Um, I just, after the last couple of years, I'm, I'm not convinced and, you can sign people on. You wouldn't have thought it's a big 
pay packets. It's security for life, first and foremost. You, you want to be at the level, you stay at the level, you get an opportunity. Um, I can't remember how old he is. He's the younger one of the two, isn't he? So he's probably late 20s, Led's 31 this year, I think. Um, yeah, I got him at 31. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I do want pieces of that Adelaide midfield, though. Yeah, absolutely. He does also ask, will Devin Robertson ever escape the vest and beer thing? There's too many high-quality players. There you go. Monty, curious on... Not Monty, Monty, but Monty. Okay. Uh, curious on Stato's opinion on Sydney midfield in order of CBA percentage. Um... The top three um, would be Adams, Parker, Warner. Um, fourth, Errol. Also asked, Norton playing in a Dusty Martin role needs to be the thing that gets Bevo fired. Can you imagine him getting more CVAs than McRae? That's a good point. Um, and if you Google Suns midfielder, the first result is Sam Flanders. <laughs> no influence. <laughs> No influence. <laughs> no influence. Yeah. Uh, Nick, will Will Brody actually play or is he just an expensive long-term insurance policy? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was out last year um, and there's more people going into that midfield, so I don't see where the – unless there's people coming out, it's wrong and Brayshaw are in there, right? Um, Young's going in and there's a host of people that – that get time and they do need to look after some of these kids. Um, Erasmus, um, Matt Johnson. So there's a few of them that, that need to get a little bit of time as well. So he's depth. Yeah. Uh, Rust is young going into the midfield, eat or away at Brayshaw or Sarong scoring. No. Um, uh, it, but, look, it's just not endless points. Um, but there was always a, a third midfielder. Um, have a look at um, the last five, six rounds between the three of them. I think the only one that had any form of a little drop away was Sarong. Yeah, I think a little bit on Sarong, but not yeah. not greatly. Um, Ninja, Paddy Dow, can't remember if Saints chased him in trade period or not. Maybe worth picking up to trade bait early. Um, I think there was a little bit of chase. Remember Silvani uh, recruited him, which is similar to what uh, he did for Colton from the GWS recruitment. So there's tinges of that. doesn't mean it works out. There were plenty of the GWS players that went to Carlton that weren't success. A few of them have been shown to be decent players and a few that are fringe. So uh, interesting to see what the mix. Um, his Carlton last five games were pretty impressive. So he should be given an opportunity and who misses out for him to get the opportunity is the question. I reckon uh, Seb Ross. Yeah. Bears Bile, Lost Port DPP gang, Rosie or Butters? I had Rosie higher. Um, some of the question marks that that you raised was that Zach Butters was better in the midfield. I just love Butters. Um, 
love his football, but he, he's a bit like LDU. I've been on him for, was it five, six years he's been on the list and every season I've had to deal with some form of outage. I had him in the home league last year and I didn't want him at all, but it just kind of, he was like my last top tier forward. I needed a forward, picked him, he killed it. Yeah, slow, slow start, but come really, really yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, once they gave him the role, it was just yeah. lights out. Oh, I love watching uh, him play. Yeah. Fantasy Nut, which mid who currently has limited opportunities, say fourth, fifth in line for CBAs, do you like the most if there was an injury to a midfielder ahead of them, i.e. who has the most upside in the event of a fortuitous injury for their opportunity? Wow. Um, There's a few. Um, Josh Ward. Think is one. No, it's Jared Lyons. <laughs> Jared Lyons. Oh yeah, Jared Lyons. yeah. I didn't even think of Jared Lyons. Yeah, and Matt Crouch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? They're probably the main ones. Josh Ward thinks a good one. Will Brody. Will oh, hundred percent. Will Brody. Yeah. It's always funny thinking of things like that mm-hmm. on the spot. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Naden, uh, where would you pick either Guthrie? Wait, this is a salary cap. Where would you pick him, Mac Guthrie or Mac Crouch as your M5 or M6? Get out of here, Naden. You and your new listener questions. Uh, Guthrie's mine at the moment. Ah, you fucking sellout, Stato. <laughs> Mike Warren. Uh, surely Torano can improve his average by 8 to 10 points he has completed a year with the Tigers now with Uze modernising the game plan I see Tim Torano as the big winner your thoughts Uh, I don't have him as the the big winner you talked about your concerns and he's got a game um, elsewhere his second half of the year um, wasn't as fantastic but What's the new coach? What philosophy are they bringing in is the question. If he was the number one scorer, it wouldn't shock you, though, would it? Shit, no. No. That's He's got the range. game, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he probably was for the first half last year. Took Miller being the number one scorer wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, Jessa, Jezza, what's fair value for Clayton Oliver in a keeper? Well, that's a really interesting point. It all depend what's on on offer, but um, God, his values dropped with a, just a reputational bit. But what is he? Twenty six. So he's got five years as long as you know he, he gets over this little period. He's got five years of being a top end midfielder. So he's um, he's he's worth a. Equivalent first rounder. So, would you go for say Chad Warner, or is Chad too good? You know, he hasn't pushed into that elite, but he's probably got a few more years. Yeah, I'd I'd keep Oliver than have a yeah. Chad Warner. Yeah, fair enough. Tough one to answer. Tough one. Yeah, I would swap your LDU for. <laughs> <Clayton> Oliver. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Defense <laughs> trading open. Um. No, wait, wait, don't I have LDU? 
I've got a lot no, of no, no, no. I was giving the LDU. So oh, fuck. Oh, well. Surly, on a scale of 1 to 10, not surprised to most surprised, how surprised will you be when Took, Noah, and Flanders all average over 100 and your, my, our mighty sons win the premiership? <laughs> no, uh, I won't be surprised because it will happen. I'm going to be critical of Gold Coast social media team here, Stato, because it's been the weirdest shit off season being a fan of the mighty sons where like 80% of all photography and video of the training sessions are of the coach. Like it's all... It, but it is it's the brand, coach. right? The, the whole club stopped to get dimmer. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't want to see Dimmer standing there watching training. Maybe it's part of his contract that, that every second piece of media must include me. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Fig jam. Get around him. Uh, pack and send. Who are the most undervalued, got one more year in him types that will slide in draft due to age but really should be ranked a little bit higher? Sam Doherty. You mentioned him before. Apparently. Yeah. He's the guy. Um, look, it's probably unlikely, but Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Has the potential. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Adam Trelaw. Bailey. And I got Tre- I got Trelaw at twenty five, which is a bit of a drop from where he finished. But Dion he's Prestia. always the injury. He's no, nah, he's just washed. Washed. What about Jack Viney? Yeah, but his second half of the year, he's not going to be sliding down the board. You know who it is? It's Luke Parker, man. Yeah. Every yeah, year they write him off. Yeah. We've talked about him going forward for five years. and hasn't Ollie happened. Wines. Ollie freaking Wines. I think there'll be salary cap hype when it all comes out that he's like locked and loaded in the midfield. Yeah. I had yeah. Tom Mitchell at 38. It feels very low. But they were trying to... I don't know. It's a strange team. They, they, were, they were saying... Like Taylor Adams, go and find another club. We've got some kids coming through. Yeah. He, they tried to push him out of the midfield. Then they got injured. Then he had, like, the best final series. Yeah. Like, he just killed it. It's like, why would you move it's, him out of there? It, it's amazing for a bloke that couldn't get a gig. It basically couldn't get a gig at Sydney. Couldn't get in that midfield. They shopped him off. He went and won a Brownlow. Couldn't get a gig at, in the midfield at Hawthorne. So they shopped him off, went to Collingwood, who they were trying to get rid of him out of the midfield, and now he's a Brownlow medalist and a premiership player. Fuck, he played so well in that final series. <laughs> so good. It's ridiculous must, story, isn't off. it? There must be something off field with these guys. That they're just pricks or something. Because honestly. Yeah. Uh, Jake the Mac, who would you rather for your last spot in a keeper league, Wines or Parker, speak of the devil, expected to be a contender this year, 5-7-1-5? For a They're keeper? They're so close to each other. Uh, how old's Wines? He's surely only 27, right? Versus 31 know, just... for Parker. Yeah, I just wrote about him this year. Yeah, yeah this so year. Wines and Viney were the 29. same draft. 29. It's only two years of difference. Maybe Parker. Wines has got too, probably too many people competing for that midfield time, right? Yeah. Yeah, Parker. He's, He's more versatile. He is. Expect a big bump up the ladder too. 
We'll see. Arlo Newcomb, does his tackle game reach the heights of his first season? Enjoyed the development in his game last year. Had some decent mark games over 10. He only had one. That was that 150. Doesn't take marks. What does he average? You and I are both not hot on this guy. There's a lot in the community that are. Well, what, I mean, what they I, I can't. Not? They saw the jacked rig. And oh. to me, jacked rig doesn't equal points. Except for when it comes to Windhager. <laughs> well, how can you stop him? How can you stop that man? Everyone's favourite. Yeah. But Yours, mine. It's just such a. Sh- it's such a. Sh- yeah. He could. He could. I don't. I don't see it with Newcomb, but it could happen. He has the good role. He's a worker, isn't he? He's. He's not. One of the kids is going to become the elite midfielder while he's still grinding. I think, yeah, that's he's the Ollie Wines, the Luke Parker. Really good players, gives you everything they got. But if you're not going to him on the outside when they're firing at their best. That's the, that's the problem. That's right? when, you know, McDonald, Day... Um, who's the young kid we meant? We just talked Ward. about Ward. Ward, when they all, you know, when they all take over, and it's like you saw. This is what North Melbourne didn't do through the draft. Hawthorne could have taken another one of those six gun midfielders, but they've actually got them all on their squad. They're just young and developing, so they went the small four because it was a need. North Melbourne. A few years ago when they took Phillips and our man one cut of vision power in the guts, um, took them as your early draft picks when you had good tools coming through. So um, I think some good things happening at, at Hawthorne. And what happens with Connor Nash? Like, he's played a role. Does, he's the first one that misses out. I, You know what? Because I wrote Hawthorne. I, I still think it's Warple. Despite him having a great year last year, I think Nash plays a role, like you said. Like he's that the midfield training group. To to be fair, the coach was still away. I can't remember Nash being mentioned, but I certainly remember Newcomb and Warple. Yeah, I don't Cam McKenzie. Cam McKenzie, I have him as a. I I think he's a great smoky, like in your forward line. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know about Hawthorne. I mean, someone has to miss, but they were all pretty good last year. It's just Warple's kicking still. It was he improved it from the year before, but it was still pretty shit. He's no Timmy T, but um, yeah, needs some work. Well, the year before he was. Wow, incredible. Yeah, Newcomb with his role and the way they use the ball, he should be. He he has a chance to be really good, but I haven't ranked him that way. Oh, I hate to say this, but you're waffling again, Steve. Um, have you got any more questions? We're well over like now. 20. Jordox, will McCluggage go back to being a 100 guy? He had a super yes. quiet opening month. Bang, there you go. Yes. Living the five life. I'm all in on Liam Henry. Finished the season strong and Saints had higher scorers of 90 plus last year. He had six of them. So he could easily join them and take over Mason Wood. Am I crazy? Yeah, I'm not hot on Mason Wood, that's for sure. Um and be interesting to see what role he plays now they've got some genuine wingers. So, yeah, it's a really good question. I, I, I don't know what Henry's ceiling is, though. So it's, um, 
It's a really good question, but being a midfielder only, I'm not hot. They could move the ball a bit quicker now they have some forwards to kick to. Yeah. And that's where Mason Wood goes. He becomes that third tall. Well, if Membry plays, they've got three. Yeah, I don't know. Alex no, Hopper Mem- is going to be the, the X factor. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Hopper as a slider for M3, M4. Injury affected 2023 20, might mean he's under the radar somewhat. Yep. Until he gets injured. Yeah. Uh, Nuffington, did the early buyers impact ranking of Gunn, Mids, EG, Walsh, Green, Neil? No. Ben, what the hell do we make out of Richmond midfielders? Haven't seen a lot of discussion about them, but surely someone besides Taranto has to be a sneaky option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's some changes in quite a few of the squads and um, Richmond, Gold Coast, the two I've got a close eye on, um, understanding what actually really happens in North with so much talent and who's where and who gets that defensive ball. Um, So they're the three squads. So, yes, something will happen in Richmond midfield. I just don't know what it is. Big Thompson Dow, the superior Dow says... (laughs) Yeah. Kang Daddy, good evening, Stallions. Jai Clark is another young, hyped-up Jet, but does he actually play, though? I know he was injured last year, and I keep telling myself that this year will be different, but I've been hurt by Mr. Scott too many times regarding their youth. Love your work. Thank you, Kang Daddy. Uh, Definitely a salary cap question, um, but, yeah, he plays. Well, he could be a keeper question. Yeah, no. um, A winger? No. We've been stitched up, Kang Daddy. I don't know. The Carton Blues. How big a bump does Eamon get with this apparent more defence time? Yeah, um, a good one if the second half of the season um, is real. Uh, I don't know, I don't know how much to, to, to read on it, um, but I like I like the evidence. Ten points. That last. I just want to talk on that last five games for Hawthorne because I've heard a lot of talked about it, and I'm yep. hot on Eamon. But I wouldn't consider that gospel. They move the ball at just the the lowest meters per disposal. Yeah, like you just don't see it. The, like anything under sub fourteen. The only two teams that have done it in the last five years. The coach got sacked. Both the coaches got sacked within a year. So I wouldn't. I don't think that's gospel. That's not great for his scoring. So I don't think those big hundreds are every week. It's just a sometimes. Yeah. Um. Arlo, Darcy Parish season, super consistent last season, just missing those ceiling scores. Honestly, could see him average 115 and be a top three mid. Who a top three mid? Parish. Oh, I have him at 12. There is a world. We've seen the ceiling, but it's always been small patches, right? Never consistent, good scoring. So he's yet to do that. So I, I find it harder but could he get there of course yeah michael what does the news that wines is playing inside mid again make his ceiling look like or is he still dead uh if he's playing inside mid which it goes to your port uh to your point who's actually in there and which one of them loses out if wines is back in permanently um so you've got four you need to talk about now, there is a world that all four get 75%. Yeah. So and Jason Orton, Francis. <laughs> yeah, well, Willem Drew's the big loser. So 
wines, butters, rosé, and um, the franchise. So you've got those four. They're the main four options. I don't see anyone else, and every, everyone else is a bit player. So is your point that rosé, and I, you know what I'll be doing now, a deep dive in the CBAs and see where the, the trends went? Yeah, I. Well, wines lost out last year. Yeah, that exactly. Was the trend. Right. I, but but he he wasn't well, so he, yeah. he wasn't at full fitness. It wouldn't shock me if one of the, would it shock you if one of those guys got forward DPP? No, and but it's not Horn Francis, it's not wines, it's only butters or rosé. Yeah, oogie boogie. Pick a mid each who will raise their average the most in twenty twenty four. Bar the rookies, of course. A mid. Mid. Um, well, I reckon I picked my man last year with Sarong. Um, so he was my pick last year. I went, uh, my two punts were LDU and Sarong. One gave me great joy. The other, I've just handed him to Steve for Clayton Oliver. Um, so bloke not even training, I'd rather. That's, um, that's where he's at. So who is it this year? Uh well, I said Wardlaw. He's got 20 points. Um, well, you like James Jordan. He's average 50. Yeah, um, but he is forward, so he's not a mid. So that's Well, he's um, forward mid. Yeah, but um, this is the mid show, mate. So um, let's just... Well, you've got, a, <laughs> you've got Erasmus at 51. Um, yeah. Ruben um, Jinby at 57. Your boy, definitely not mine. <laughs> Horn Marcus Wintager. Horn Francis. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say Wardlaw at 65. He can Sparrow. get to 85. That's 20. You know who I was looking at, man? And this is just purely for this question. Jasper Fletcher. There you go. Yeah. Wing. Coming off 50. Vacant wing. Finn heavy Callahan. He averaged pretty well last year already. He averaged 75. What do you think he goes to? Yeah, probably 95 is a bit too much. What about Tanner Bruin? Uh, he averaged 70. Okay. Uh, so I'll give you one more. Ben Hobbs. Oh, I think he was in the 60s from memory. But he's he had a period there where he was... Yeah. God, we're starting to talk a lot of Essendon players, though. That's the There's thing. so many. Yeah. There's... Wardlaw. There you go. Um, Diddley Docker. Do you think it's worth taking an earlier punt on Doc and Mills because they should have defender status leading into the fantasy finals? Well, Stato does. Yeah, um, I certainly think Mills will. I think he's out. It all depends, um, and, and this is where you'd be able to get him pretty late depending on what the, the news is because I've heard everything he misses opening round to he misses the first half of the season. So there are some players with great value in draft time. Oliver, Mills, might be two of that that you get at the tail end of the season, some elite players helping your finals time. 
I would say personally, I don't like drafting for DPP. Guthrie's our man. What? What was, what was Guthrie's average last year? 86, I think. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry. Dis- disregard. Oh, for, the, for the previous question. Yeah, yeah. Disregard. There's got to be someone in the 50s. Surely. <laughs> They've got so much scope. Jared Lyons averaged 50. Imagine Lyon gets injured. Bang, goes up 60 points. You need to move on from him. Oh, Jai Cully's here, Stato. How's he looking? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Second half of the year. Another add-on to your um, finals crew. Bang. Uh... Well, West Coast have got some opportunities, right? 100%. 100%. Uh, last I question. I still don't know which one, though. Yeah. Last question. Um, Daniel. Three hours, 20 minutes in, last question. Callahan. Yeah, we'll see if we can go longer than the, the Irishman. Uh, can <laughs> Flynn Callahan push a 90 average? We, we just talked about that uh, in a way. Yes. I, I think 95 is a stretch, but can he make 90? Yes. But I actually, it'd be interesting to see you. He's actually your boy. I think he's... Uh, an 82 to 87 guy. Yeah, I like him plenty, but I'm also a realist. <laughs> like, yeah. 82 to 87. Uh, yeah, and that's where I've, well, I've probably even got him on the generous side of that at the minute, so we'll yeah, see. Okay. Certainly not an M4, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, the draft kit and all that will be out very, very soon which we've been busy working away like beavers on that. And the Listener League, uh, plenty of spots still available. <laughs> so send in, your, send in a video. Has anyone sent in the... No one? Yeah, Nick. No, Nick did. He topped oh, it good. off the tee at the driving range. Like, <laughs> good on him. It was a real... I could relate to that shot. <laughs> so the live draft in Melbourne, February 17th. Um, have a few beers. Goals only, Listener League. Uh, so certainly to enter, get in a video of you striping a golf ball off the tee. And uh, we'll see you there then. Stato, what's on the menu? Now you don't have BBL to play. Yeah, it's uh, well, I'm deep into work. It's a very busy period for the, the next eight weeks for me. So it's kitten work. That's about all that's happening in my life. Very good. Good to hear. All right, listeners, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.